you know, looking back at this at our overall track catalog, we have 40 full episodes. That's wow. Ex- yeah, that's I don't know. It seems like every time you get another 10 in the in the yeah. can, it's pretty exciting. But even though we're starting to think about how do things connect thematically, mm-hmm. you know, are there episodes that speak to specific areas of teaching and learning as standalone entities? I still feel very confident about these, that they have value and relevance. You're listening to Instruction by Design, your podcast to the art of teaching. Edison Research and Triton Digital have been publishing a detailed annual digital media consumer behavior report known as the Infinite Dial since 1998. In 2006, they began including podcast consumption data in the report. In recent years, they've expanded the podcast research components into a detailed standalone report titled The Podcast Consumer. The 2019 edition provides a snapshot of the steady popularity and consumption growth of the medium over the years, along with several new significant milestones. Today, 51% of Americans 12 and older have ever listened to a podcast, and 22% have listened to a podcast within the last week. That's over one-fifth of the 12-plus U.S. population. So, as we enter the fiery days of summer, the IBD crew has traditionally engaged in a round of reflective reminiscing. In season one, we focused our conversation around the practical why and how of podcasting in academic spaces. In season two, we explored the importance of reflection as a learning practice and evaluative exercise. Today, we take an objective look at last year's journey, ponder the evolution of IBD, and consider what might be next on the horizon. Welcome to this episode of Instruction by Design, your podcast to the art of teaching. My name is Jeanette Senecal from ASU's Edson College of Nursing and Health Innovation. Joining me today are my colleagues, Sylvia Katretiwa, Aaron Kraft. All right, friends. So we recently wrapped up season three, and we have certainly experienced a bunch of changes over the last year. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. What are your candid thoughts about our journey so far? I think the dynamic of the show has definitely changed since Stephen left. I used to lean on him to bring the uh, impertinent scholarly information. Impertinent? <laughs> Is it impertinent? It's pertinent. Pertinent? It's not pertinent. Impertinent would be like saucy. Pertinent means um, important. Important. Like, yeah. Or, did you say impertinent? I said pertinent. I heard you wrong. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I would rely on him to bring the relevant scholarly information. <laughs> and, and now he's moved on to bigger and better things. So I had to step up my game and, and be a little more solid in the content, the content that I would bring to the show. So would you say you're our new Steven? Not at all, no. <laughs> Nobody could replace Steven. Well, our, our dear friend, Stephen Crawford, I'm glad you brought that up because I've noticed in his absence, we use rant cards way less. We don't, no, that's true. We don't argue in the same way, mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah, that's I, true. I think over the course of the three seasons, for me specifically, I think there's a more comfortable feeling in the recording process. And I think it's just, for me, it's been a journey of trying to get used to this whole podcast thing where I'm probably the one person who listens to podcasts the least in the group and probably the most hesitant to start. So I think over the time, it has become more comfortable the more we record. 
Well, it's, you know, it's like flexing a muscle. You, you get used to it and then things smooth out over time. But the beginning was a bit awkward and nervous and nerve wracking. But I think that goes for just about anything that's new. Yeah, I think our fluency and the way that we transition through topics is really we, we've developed our skills. That's definitely a good point to make. Um, I would like to ask you, Aaron, what your perception is, having been also our producer over the last season, as well as a participant in tandem without our beloved Ricardo Leon to take on that task. I noticed that we have a pattern. Mm -hmm. Right. Tell me more. <laughs> it's, it's curious. And it, it, I noticed it over time uh, after, you know, doing a, an entire season's worth of post edits. We have this intriguing pattern, and I keep hearing Jeanette, your daughter's words, boring but informative, <laughs> because that's the linear progression that this takes. And I want to say to all our listeners that thank you for sticking in there, because what I've noticed is that we start off slow. We start off very paced, and the first five to ten minutes are just, we're getting used to the concepts we're, we're getting used to each other sometimes we come in, in in the morning first thing and record these and so we're still waking up or sometimes it's the end of the day and we're trying to break away from work and focus on on the conversation with each other but what happens is about halfway through towards the end we build up this really nice momentum where suddenly we're not fighting to make interesting conversation but the the relevant salient points start streaming through and we're springboarding off each other's words and sentiments to elucidate on something even more interesting and, and add to the to the flow of the conversation and it's actually really pleasant at the end the the pace and momentum that we pick up so it starts slow boring but by the end we are <laughs> informative <laughs> that's an interesting observation <laughs> so yeah it, for our listeners it st stick with it stick, hang in there. <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> Things will pick up by the end and it, it'll be a good ride. Well, I'm still learning how to be more informative when we're in here, because I know that I'm notorious for having these conversations outside of the podcast without any recording device on <laughs> and just being able to talk the entire time and throw things out. But once that red light turns on and everything is going, I shut down. <laughs> So I'm still learning how to bring in that informative side. Right. We, we often joke how we need to carry microphones with us <laughs> so we can just capture some of these spur of the moment conversations, which seem to yield some incredible insights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, that we have, yeah. have the hardest time recapturing yeah. In, yeah. in the contrived podcasting recording environment. Yeah. <laughs> just going to have to go full surveillance mode. It's, it's the only way. <laughs> Big brother. Well, right. and even for me, I've been trying to teach myself how to listen to other podcasts. So I've been searching all over, you know, listening to different ones. And I think a lot of them bring some good topics in and you can find topics on anything. But I was very excited the other day, actually, to um, be looking at my Twitter feed and someone uh, who commented on another person they follow. They tweeted about how they don't listen to podcasts and they feel like they're this outcast <laughs> because everyone is so into podcasts and he realizes the importance of them and what what they can do for professional development but then he brought about the um the thought 
that he probably doesn't listen to them because he lives about five minutes away from where he works. So there really isn't that commuting time mm-hmm. like others have. And and that helped me to realize, I think that's probably why I haven't really gotten into them because my commuting has been more on dealing with the children in the back seat and getting, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not t- a lot of time to sit and yeah. listen. So that helped me to think, okay, it's not so much about not wanting to listen to podcasts. It's about, for me, finding the time um, to hard. actually sit and listen. My four-year-old will not allow me to listen to people talking mm-hmm. in the car stereo. Mm-hmm. Music he'll tolerate for a while, but people talking. Yeah. So <laughs> there goes all my podcasts that I want to listen to <laughs> you know, while I'm taking him to school. That's an interesting point. I find, too, that, uh, well, also just to say, as a you know context, I, I struggle a little bit too finding podcasts mm-hmm. to listen to regularly. I do have a little bit more time and flexibility now that my you know child's a teenager and she doesn't care. She has her own headphones on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've learned about myself. I have a critical mass. If I find an interesting podcast, but they have a backlog of 400 episodes, I have a hard time listening because I want to go back to the beginning and start linearly, even if the episodes aren't meant to be yeah. linear. But I have this slightly compulsive need (laughs) to start at the beginning and move forward so i end up shutting myself out of some very interesting and fun podcasts so i need i need to work on that i agree the other thing that i i try to avoid and it's it's kind of weird but it i don't know for me it just helps because i want to listen to more instructional design podcasts for my own you know learning and just seeing what others have to say but i get afraid because I don't want to redo what they've done or mm-hmm. I don't want those to be become the topics that oh we're brainstorming new topics and I remember a podcast I listened to and be like oh okay that's the topic I want to talk about because I don't I'm afraid that I'm going to start to take from their podcast be Does that make sense? yeah exactly so well not necessarily reactive but like the the topic ideas might mm-hmm. come from another one. And I tr- I don't want to get my topics from somewhere else. I want to get my topics from whatever we're working on or whatever is coming at us versus oh, because I heard it from another <laughs> instructional design so avoid podcast. The influencers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I think every joke I've ever said has come from somewhere else, someone else. <laughs> I don't even know if I have an original thought, to be honest. It, it's either from a book or a podcast. I think that's why I have a hard time with, like theory and things like that, because I want it to be just my own thought. You want it to be authentic? I do. I really like to be authentic. <laughs> Have your thoughts or perceptions evolved or changed uh, around this whole idea of podcasts specifically for like faculty professional development, your own personal professional development? Is it still a growing media for that work? I've actually thought about this in my own context. I think technology takes two paths. One, you have cutting, bleeding edge. You have your Tesla. You have your $2,000 gaming PC at home that can run virtual reality. That's kind of what I have. Mine's not $2,000, <laughs> though, but it's good enough to run VR. But on the other side, on the other end of the spectrum, you have a little Kia Soul EV. That's like half the price of a Tesla. You also have, uh, you know, smartphones, and, you know, which I guess can be quite expensive, but you have technology that's basically leveling the playing field so people can get out there in various ways i can mix and master my own music at home i I use you know uh, i'm a hobbyist musician now i used to be a serious musician back in the day and i have tools at my disposal now that i never dreamed of back when i was 16 years old you know playing 
So I, I think that what's happening with podcasts is that they're incredibly easy to make, they're incredibly easy to disperse, and they're incredibly easy to consume. It doesn't take much. You could you could listen. You can run a podcast off a toaster. Like it doesn't. You don't need a two thousand dollar PC. So just about. I don't want to say just about everybody, but you know, a majority of our population can access. They can even create these things. The barriers just really are are pretty low at this point. So I think that is starting to permeate into our society, and people are starting to pick up on that. So you can be entertained. You can consume. At this rapid clip and there's always something new there's always somebody uh, putting out something new and that's just something we weren't able to do before so it's it's a paradigm shift well and we're seeing a lot of evidence in the yearly statistics from the edison report that this you know sector is growing and it's growing dramatically and some of the conversation now is shifting because you're right the, the barriers have melted right for consuming producing all the rest and now sort of we're entering this arc about well, how does it become a commercial? How does it become a, a monetization stream? So, you know, we're moving beyond just the scope of the people who do this because they're interested in it and the complementary media that goes alongside other types of entertainment, right? And now it's becoming its own arc and developing towards this whole new frontier, which is funny because we're coming right back to the days of... Um, you know, radio shows, serial yeah. radio mm -hmm. shows and programming. Sure. They used to drive with, me crazy. With your Ovaltine commercials, <laughs> yeah. right? Like we, it was some weird way you come completely full circle. It's fascinating. Well, and yeah. I remember when we were first approached with the idea of starting our podcast, thinking, oh my gosh, this is like how old we're, we're doing a podcast. Well, we talked about it. This is dead. Yeah, Why exactly. And then once we got started... And I started to pay more attention to podcasts and how much is out there. I was blown away by the amount of podcasts that I can find, which I never actually looked anything. before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and exactly on anything, on any type of topic. I mean, I think it was probably about four years ago when I was at OLC and I had met uh, another person from another university and he was letting me know that he was starting his own podcast. So that was probably my first one that I was trying to get into and listen to. And he did a good job of getting it started. And it was interesting to listen to. But I think um, work got in the way of his, <laughs> of his podcast, but he didn't keep it up for a little bit. And so I kind of fell off of listening to the podcast. But anyway, once we got into like looking at Edison reports and then going back to looking at that podcast that I had started to listen to when I first started in higher ed, and then looking at all the new topics, I realized like, yeah, it's definitely growing. And it, it definitely is. A lot has to do with the, the easier ability to disperse it and get them out there. Where I think years ago, it was more, you had to just flip through produce, the radio stations. Easy yeah, to easy consume. to produce. I mean, I remember it being big for a while in K-12 and getting them started there. But then getting others to be able to hear it outside of the classroom was a bit harder to to kind of disperse it from there. And even then it was, okay, we can create this podcast, but where are we going to house this? Or how are our students going to listen to this? Or how are other teachers going to listen to this kind of thing? Yeah, it's just, it's easy to produce or easy to disperse and it's easy to consume. Uh, and what are, your, what are your barriers at this point? You have to have a phone or an internet connection, uh, speakers or headphones and and an interest in something and that's it and there's times where i wish i did have a good commuter schedule so i could get for it like no you don't 
<laughs> short, short commute beats listening to a podcast. No, that's true. But <laughs> real talk today. <laughs> well, let's do a little bit of uh, behind the scenes magic on where our overall listens are coming from lately. This is this is always fun and interesting to me. By the way, I have no idea where this is going to go, so this will be a surprise to me as well. Okay, so. What we're going to do is, as of today recording, we're going to do a reverse countdown here of the top five most listened to episodes of all time, just to make that clear. It's not just season three. Wait, reverse countdown, that means you're starting with one? I'm going from five to one. That's a countdown. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Like yeah. I would know. Down, yeah. Reverse countdown would be counting from one to five. <laughs> okay, in the order of <laughs> least plays to most plays. <laughs> okay. Top five episodes. Are we good? Number five. Season three, episode seven, going full tilt, supporting learner success through intentional transparency. That's number five. That is number five. That's also the latest episode. So yes, it is. It hasn't been out as long as the other ones. And it's interesting because I swear I just looked at this a couple days ago and it was. You are correct. The Venn diagram. So only over a couple days, I'd say, since the last time I looked. Tilt has jumped up. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely correct. Okay. In spot number four, we have season three, episode three, constructing knowledge by mapping concepts. It's interesting to me. This has been a slow burner, kind of rising up the statistics mm-hmm. chart, and suddenly it made it to number four. So it seems some interest has grown. In spot number three, season three, Episode two, screencasting. Probably our shortest title ever. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, one word. (laughs) Very descriptive. Um, I think this one suddenly started getting a lot more playtime because we provided a link during the participant chat session of a Quality Matters webinar. Mm -hmm. And we were responding to some of the conversation that occurred in that, that session and said, you know, here's something that touches on the topic of screencasting in media. And then all of a sudden, we saw that the plays started jumping on that episode. Now, we definitely were not trying to pilfer the <laughs> audience correct. from this Absolutely. very uh, yeah. prestigious speaker who was presenting <laughs> at the moment. Prestigious yes. and pertinent speaker, Stephen Crawford. Yes. Uh, all right. So in spot number two, we are actually taking a Look back at summer 2018 bonus episode number four, evaluating assignments with rubrics. And I am not surprised at all from a pedagogy and a faculty development Mm -hmm. perspective that that has consistently been uh, a very popular episode. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. Uh, And then we have a drum roll. Like, yeah, there you go. Are you going to replace it? Number one. All time, <laughs> season three, episode one. Hot topics. All right. <laughs> NMC Horizon Report 2018. Woo! Yay! I think it's just the title. It says Hot Topics. Well, I, I think that there's something to yeah. that because the last time we had an episode that was specifically titled and focused around hot topics, that mm-hmm. also at one point was our most popular episode for quite a while mm-hmm. and seemed to get a lot of engagement on Twitter and conversations. So there's something about that, that that draws an audience, apparently. I feel like that's exactly what I think with um, 
keywords. I think it's really important to have some of those specific keywords in the title that are just very blunt. This is what it's going to be about with rubrics and with screencasting, Venn diagram. I mean, those are some of those top ones. And then we think about uh, one of our really great episodes, but didn't get quite as many plays. And we came to the conclusion that it was kind of probably the title could have been adapted or changed up a little bit. And that was the mature matriculator. (laughs) (laughs) That was my episode. And I'll be honest, when I look at podcast titles and I'm sifting through podcasts, I mean, the title is what makes me even attempt to see what it might be about. So for me, probably the mature matriculator probably wouldn't have been something that I would have no. even decided right. to look was, at details. Right. Real <laughs> challenge for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Mature matriculator, right? Yeah. They need to check it out. Yes, it's, it's you Andrew do need Goji. to go to it. It's a good exactly. episode. Yes. I, I was trying to be cute with the title. I was trying to say adult learner, but adult <laughs> learner, the phrase is so worn out and boring. I was trying to spice it up. But I apparently just like I I gave it a name that nobody would be interested in. Unfortunately, but but that's the thing. I don't think it's that they're not interested in it. It just challenges us to have to think a little bit more about what it might be. And apparently people don't want to do that. (laughs) Nobody wants to think. Not everyone has your love of alliteration. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's great insight. Wordplay. Jeanette knows me that I I like uh, to make puns based on alliteration. So that was part of it as well. Yeah. I'll move away from that habit. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would have still been great, but maybe adding like a, a colon and something else with extra keyword or something yeah i'll work on that i'll probably yeah. make sure I'll, I'll i'll any future titles i'll check i'll run through y'all first <laughs> do you get it <laughs> That's a, that should be your question com- do you get it does this make sense <laughs> a vetting committee yeah. yeah all right season two episode four mature matriculator check it out yes. it's actually a pretty good episode it right? is a good episode I That's was happy. A, yeah can i just say i really enjoyed my monologue i know that sounds arrogant but i i, I thought i actually wrote a pretty decent monologue for that one well, so. you wouldn't be aaron <laughs> can't spell aaron, arrogance well, yeah, without the, aaron. Yeah, i true. couldn't remember how you say it the aaron <laughs> yeah I guess I've said this before. <laughs> it's my it's on my name card. Well, you know, looking back at this, and I just realized today, actually, at our overall track catalog, we have 40 full episodes. That's wow. Ex- yeah, that's, I don't know, it seems like every time you get another 10 in the, in the yeah. can, it's pretty exciting. But even though we're starting to think about how do things connect thematically, mm-hmm. you know, are there episodes that speak to specific areas of teaching and learning, you know, as standalone entities, I still feel very confident about these, that they have value and relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, a little teaser for the audience, we uh, are going to be releasing the transcripts for all of these pretty soon. We've got all the way through the end of season three complete. We just need to get them linked and in the show notes. And going back through and, and you know, taking a look at it from a text-based perspective, was a really interesting journey in saying, oh, you know, I kind of forgot that we talked about that, but it was a really good point. Uh, interestingly, side note about the transcripts, I realized that some of the funniest things that we said actually don't translate well to <laughs> in text. <laughs> written text. Conversely, occasionally we said things that really weren't intended to be funny, but when you read them, like it's not the same and they come off as quite funny when you're taking that in his text oh, as opposed to, funny. you know, verbal spoken uh, comment. So anyway. I think Stephen had the the market in terms of being able to speak in a way that came off 
incredibly scholarly in that I, I imagine everything Stephen said translated to text probably sounds like it was came from a, a textbook. <laughs> but me, for example, I, I'm so casual in my speech and I throw so many ums and, and you know, back, do a lot of backtracking. <laughs> Oh, I can't imagine what that looks like in text. <laughs> but I can't imagine what all my fall falling off the cliff uh, looks like <laughs> in text. <laughs> Stay tuned. Coming soon. We need a blooper episode. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else to say about our top five? I have a list of my own. <gasps> oh, do tell. Well, so in, in preparation for this episode, I went and listened to nearly every episode from this season, all that mm -hmm. I could fit into my schedule. And I came up with three awards. Okay. The most entertaining episode, the most critical episode, like important, mm -hmm. right? And the most informative episode. I love those categories. That's yeah. awesome. The most entertaining episode I thought was season three, episode five, Escape from the Ivory Tower theory into practice now this is one of my episodes i hosted it but that's not why i chose it <laughs> i really enjoyed the the change in format for this one so what i did was i had everybody here i had jeanette and celia and myself bring an experience from your professional past and talk about a moment when when you took a theory and you implemented it into practice when you actualized a learning theory I really enjoyed listening to everybody's stories, for one. That was actually quite insightful. And we even had some uh, Twitter feedback. But there was a theme that emerged between Celia and I, at least. And it sounds like the people on Twitter as well uh, might have experienced the same thing. And it's that we didn't even know that we were implementing these learning theories until afterwards when we were getting our education in, in the field. And we're like, oh, that's what we were doing. And so I, I found that to be fascinating that we had this sort of shared experience that we were we were trained into doing something, not realizing that, oh, this is, this is rooted in, in, in research-based learning theory. All right, so that was, that was, to me, the most entertaining episode. It was like sitting around a campfire listening to everybody you know, tell their stories. Number two, the most critical episode, season three, episode six, competencies of digital literacy. So, you know, as we're living in a time of, of unfettered technological advancements juxtaposed with a widening gap between rich and poor, I think digital literacy is a conversation that is absolutely essential right now. I found it, I thought it was very critical. That was a very uh, important conversation to have, and hopefully we can further that conversation even more. I agree with that assessment. That was, I think, a really important and big topic. Like, mm -hmm. that, I think that will be an unfolding conversation. And that was Celia's episode. Yes. yes. It's an area that I love to think about digital literacy and digital fluency and the move. Yeah. Okay. And number three, the most informative episode. This one was close. I had two in mind, <laughs> but season three, episode two, screencasting edged out. And I'll tell you why. I was listening to that one today, actually. And I just, I thought there was a great momentum. We talked about the definitions of screencasting versus, say, a voiceover. Mm -hmm, right? Which mm -hmm. I, when I first started you know, in the field of instructional design, I didn't even know the difference between the two. So talking, we dove into the, to the difference between uh, the two definitions and it was probably me. I was badgering uh, both of you, I think, about what, <laughs> you know, splitting hairs about what the differences are. And that was one of the episodes I think started off slowly with me badgering like a, <laughs> uh, very pedantically about these small details. But 
uh, as we move forward, um, we covered a lot of ground, including the variety of screencasting tools for both Mac and PC. It was quite an exhaustive list. And then we also discussed the proper scenarios for utilizing screencasts. So between the definition, the tools, and the scenarios, I thought uh, the listener could come away with a lot of information, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, useful information. That's fascinating to me, too, a little bit, because I agree. I think it almost became like a primer. If you if you never thought about doing, you know, screencasts for educational purposes, you could walk away from that episode and have a at least a passing sense of what you needed to do, yes. right? Yeah. And that is fascinating in and of itself because we're describing it verbally over audio-only media talking about this very visual technique. Mm-hmm. But it worked, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's really cool. And the close second, the one that I, it was almost a tie in my mind, but I thought episode three concept maps <laughs> was actually quite informative as well. But I don't think we covered nearly as much ground in as much detail, though we, we really dove into the explicit differences between a mind map and a concept map, mm-hmm. right? That was, a, that was a good opportunity to quibble about definitions. Yeah. It was. We did. We, we did quibble. We had, and, and to be honest, it was until the day before we actually recorded the episode, I didn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. I looked up the definition so I'd have something to talk about on the show. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, to be fair, but yeah, so that was a close second. So th- those are my awards. You should totally get a gold those star for cool. going back and listening. I know, right? <laughs> and coming up with your own uh, taxonomy there. That's fabulous. We're going to have to keep that in mind. That's fabulous. And then the honorable mention was the Venn diagram episode. That was a great discussion. It was fun. I personally would have liked to have gone more, looking back at it, gone more into the details of of responsibilities between the different uh, sort of varieties of of job labels. So, you know, what's the difference between an instructional technologist versus an instructional designer versus so on and so forth? Well, I think that's what's fun about some of our topics is that they're so broad And when we talk about them, it stays kind of broad, but we realize there's more that we can bring from this topic. So much more. And that becomes part of our next list of ideas for. (laughs) Yeah, we could come back to that one. Yeah, for what to talk talk about. Perfect segue then, right? So what are you looking forward to for season four? Again, not too many spoilers, but we have we definitely have some fun things cooking. What are you looking forward to? I do. I think one of the things um, I don't have any specific topics just yet that I'm I'm looking forward to necessarily. But what I look forward to right now is getting the listeners to encourage topics and finding out what it is that they're wanting us to talk Community about. Community engagement. Point. Yes, yeah. exactly. So sometimes rather than me thinking about what topics ahead of time i i kind of wait to see is there someone go, who's going who's going to say hey what about this topic so we had some fan mail over the past uh, season and I, I love it it's so exciting to get that i love it when somebody likes us on twitter i, I don't even I need to retweet necessarily just the like but the retweet's even better right um but no it's so exciting when you get that community engagement it is neat to see how far we've come on the journey mm. when reaching others you know when we look at our our data analysis or we sit and analyze our data on soundcloud or the other platforms that we're looking at and we see just what kind of impact we're making across the world actually and seeing where our listeners are at i mean it's pretty awesome to think like wow we're actually dang i gotta step up my game and stop falling (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, just the fact that people want to listen to us is pretty cool. <laughs> For real. 
I would be curious to dive into micro-credentialing mm -hmm. next season. There's a lot to be said about it, and it's picking up a lot of uh, attention recently in the, in the field of higher ed across the nation. So yeah. there's definitely a lot to dive into there. And it's so new. Mm -hmm. That's exciting as well. And I'm also curious to maybe speak to some professionals in the field concerning adaptive learning. Mm -hmm. And I'm currently, spoiler alert, I'm currently reaching out to uh, some people about that topic and maybe we can get a, a guest on our show. Special guest. Special yeah, guest. I love that. Yeah, I think we're going to have maybe hopefully a few excellent special guests this season. And I'm going to pitch out and I'm going to recycle actually from our last reflection episode. I'm very interested to get a student voice mm -hmm. in our little Petri dish here and, and explore some perspectives around you know, what does it mean when they see pedagogy in action, even if they're not fully aware of the techniques and the theory, but if they perceive that the way an instructor teaches um, has an impact on their ability to be successful and kind of get that, you know, insider look. So hopefully we can hopefully we can pull that together soon. <laughs> Another exciting direction I think that I'm very much looking forward to is continuing to expand our efforts in the scholarly realm and continue to... Mm -hmm evaluate, gather data, explore, and disseminate our, our insights here because we have, I think, a valuable story to tell, not just experientially, not just through our voices on the podcast, but to further this field and this understanding of what it can represent. So, you know, we certainly have had really good engagement at professional conferences, but what's next? What's next on the horizon? Maybe that touches on some digital credentialing initiatives or how we engage and, and work with our own internal audiences and get some more qualitative feedback from the folks that are literally like, you know, around us mm -hmm. and, and how they're using or not using or could use better the materials that we're producing. You know, one topic that just popped into my head right now as you were talking about the analysis of what we have been doing, I think a good topic that we could bring in is maybe talking about our own transition and our own experience with that. I feel like we, we've been going through a huge transition with LMSs, moving from one LMS to the other, but I haven't, I just realized we haven't made that connection over to our podcast. And there are plenty of others, especially, uh, you know, talking to faculty about their own way of transitioning courses and even bringing up, you know, course development and design, there's a huge connection between that that I feel like we haven't touched on in our podcasting yet. I think that's great. Interesting you bring that up because we actually just migrated from one LMS to another. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Callback. <laughs> what episode was that? <laughs> It was probably the last Reflections episode because we were talking about oh, that's right. different oh, topics. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, timely. So yeah. I made a deal. So like anybody made who listens to that. a deal he just broke. Yeah, <laughs> who listens to that episode will note that I, I, the same conversation sort of occurred. But uh, I was actually honestly being naive at, at that moment where here I was being intentional. But uh, they didn't let me live that down for months. In it's months. the day you broke IBD. Right. And we yes. laughed yes. so hard. And, and <laughs> just every chance they would jab me with that. So um, they wanted to include it in the, in the episode instead mm -hmm. of cutting it out in the, in the post edits. And I agreed on the condition that we drop it. <laughs> and they never dropped it. So it got published 
and they didn't drop it. So I lost out <laughs> on both sides of that equation. But I think we did drop it now and you just brought it back. <laughs> you didn't drop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the purposes of today, you started it. Wow. <laughs> Was it us it's that didn't drop it? <laughs> All right, well, one more little little teaser for the upcoming season as well. We're going to actually codify our hot topics and have a segment in every episode going forward where we touch on something that's pressing and new and exciting. Yeah, yeah I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. For the season to come. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll keep it, things exciting and fresh. Yeah, I think doing those hot topics are always a lot of fun because it's just short and sweet and we just get right to what we want to say about it and then... I think sometimes those topics, those hot topics are what helps to create the following podcast It'll be, episodes. Right, there's a compliment because we can we can touch on something that's uh, maybe new. Maybe something was published in the past day or so. And we can mm-hmm. give our opinions. We can get a, uh, get the word out there to our listeners. And then we can dive into evidence-based research or, you know, approaches to learning that, mm-hmm. that we usually do. So you have the, the light conversation complemented by the uh, intense academic conversations. Yep, that's a great way of explaining it. I love that. Think of them as nibbles, too. And I mm-hmm. think they set us up, I mean, definitely for for deeper dives and that more, as you said, uh, evidence-based conversation. So, And it also gives us a designated place so that when we do have questions that come up from listeners or recommended brief topics from even our own faculty, that we have a place to start. You know, it's, it's a easy, we don't have to put in the same level of preparation to address those emergent topics. So I, I think just building in a place for nibbles is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. All right. Last question. Any corrections, clarifications, or additions regarding our season three arc? Anything you want to add into the mix that you didn't get to say? You feel like you could have said better? The whole thing, probably. I could have <laughs> said better. <laughs> there was one one of the more recent episodes where I was talking about my time at hujong.com. It's a Chinese website that I worked at for several years, actually. I used to work in their offices when I lived over there, and I mispronounced the, or misspelled, I should say, the website's name. So just to correct that, it's www.hujiang.com. Hujong. If you can read Chinese, it's a really cool website. I can't read Chinese and I still think it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have a chance to go through and do a, a deep re-listening process as you did, Aaron, which I, again, I commend you for that dedication. Um, but there was one thing that kind of stuck out to me that actually didn't make it into an episode. It was an edited uh, misspeak on my part, but I want to talk about it because I think it was kind of an interesting moment for me um, as just a human, right? So we were talking about writing objectives and we get in certain, you know, paths, right? We get in our habits. And I use the term nose blind. Uh-huh. And I realized mm. after the fact, we hear that a lot in marketing and kind of pop culture, but it's an offensive term. Is it? At the at the core meaning of that, you're talking about a very ableist perspective on what it means to be able to have huh. sensory capacities, right? Mm-hmm. And after we started to prepare the final cut of the episode and I listened to that and it was like, as a person who's always striving to be more aware and, and supportive of folks with different abilities, that it was not an appropriate or best way to, to explain that concept. 
So mm-hmm. it, it was on the cutting room floor, but I thought it was worth mentioning here just to see that, you know, as we go along, we learn things all the time. I'd like to thank Celia and Aaron for candidly sharing their reflections, quibbles, and hopes as we continue on with our podcast journey. We are very excited to get this first summer bonus episode out the door and invite our listeners to stay tuned and keep following, discussing, engaging, and reaching out to us as we prepare for a super awesome season four. And don't forget to go listen to The Mature Matriculator. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You can reach us on Twitter at IBD underscore podcast. That is IBD as an instruction by design underscore podcast. Or you can email us at instructionbydesign at asu.edu. To find previous episodes, please visit our website at links.asu.edu slash IBD underscore podcast. This podcast was produced by Arizona State University's College of Nursing and Health Innovation. Hot topics. Hot. Oh. 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 Hot topics. Oh, no. (laughs) Hot. Oh, wow. I can't do it. My my voice has changed. (laughs) He's becoming a man. (laughs) This podcast has turned into a man. Hot topics. All right. (laughs) Building in a place for nibbles is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Isn't there a theme song for the nibbles? <laughs> the dog <laughs> nibbles. Gibson nibbles. What is that? Are we on cat food now? I thought it was dog food. Yeah, that's the one. That's it. Oh my god. I figured you would know what it is. I'm an oral learner. I've memorized every commercial music soundtrack. Would you say that's your learning style? Yes, I would, Celia. Yes, I would. How has this episode become about Stephen Crawford? Start to finish. Stephen, we hope you're listening somewhere out there. Somewhere out there. (laughs) You shot him out of the Star Trek Enterprise. (laughs) 